Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports show, where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. I'm Michael Warner. I'm Scarlett Fu. And I'm Mike Lynch. Coming up today, we got some topics to talk about. Gee, I wonder what the main topic is. <laughs> Number 12 is coming back, and uh, he, he was only out for about 40 days, folks. And uh, he said, listen, I, I, you know, when he made that announcement, he said, I want to spend more time with my family and friends. And 40 days was enough? And 40 days was yeah. enough. So <laughs> he, he came back. And, you know, it's, I, I have to admire him. He's going to be 45 by the end of this upcoming football season. I'm not sure I understand this. Does he want his last ever pro game to be a Super Bowl victory? Is that, is that what we're dealing with here? He loves winning, uh, winning eight Super Bowls. Uh, he's already unprecedented with seven of them, but eight of them would be pretty nice. More he, unprecedented? <laughs> yes, yes, much, much more unprecedented. <laughs> Taking the dial up to 11? <laughs> well, the, the, their odds, the Buccaneers, before yesterday afternoon, their odds of uh, winning the Super Bowl were 28 to 1. They immediately changed to 8 to 1. Man, Tom Brady coming I wish back. I would have got in on that. Mm. 28 to 1, man. Because that one, they got to hold that one, man. Oh, that's great. Uh, the, the well, you know, it, a couple of things. One is that, and uh, we were just talking about this last week. I mean, we he has trademarked a lot with his name and this and that, so he's getting ready. But he's got one more, got one at least one more season in him. And and the person I feel sorry for uh, is there was an auction. Uh, yeah. Who <laughs> it was the final touchdown ball. And it sold for $518,000 at this auction before Tom Brady announced, you know what, you just wasted your money. Come on, come on, I'm coming back. So I wonder what happens to that guy. Can he you know, return football- it, the sort of final touchdown ball? <laughs> Yeah, well, but there is an up. There is a possibility here that Tom Brady gets shut out this year and doesn't throw another touchdown pass. That ball still will have its value, but that's not going to happen. <laughs> we laugh as you say it. This football was thrown into the stands by Mike Evans, who caught the touchdown pass. That was that great comeback against the Rams, where they're down twenty-seven to to three and tied the game up, and he just fired it into the stands, and the fan hold on to it. It was authenticated by Leland's, and then this weekend it sold for over five hundred eighteen thousand, and now it's basically worthless. Um, Do we know who bought it? They, uh, unidentified. They did not identify. Yeah, they person. don't want to be identified. No, they just don't. look for uh, the dude with flames coming out of his ears. <laughs> <laughs> you, you'll easily spot him on the street. <laughs> I, it, it, I, I really do wonder. I mean, does he get any money? He or she get any of the money back? Well, I, 
I don't think so. Did he buy insurance I, I, I policy on it? I mean, that, that would be the only, the only way, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think so. And, and I've been trying to get some more information. Of course, uh, you know, Leland's is very uh, tight-lipped and who uh, their rules and regulations and who uh, uh, who the person is, the identity. I mean, Tom Brady, was he threw 43 touchdown passes last year, uh, which, which was the most in the National Football League. So my advice to him is go to every single game and try to be in the end zone. Oh, man. Do it again. <laughs> Do it again. You are. <laughs> That's your solution. Uh, yeah, did, didn't you teach a class to tell him about how to write checks or something, man? Oh, yeah. wow, man. Uh, another uh, football-related story. Joe Buck. Uh, apparently is joining Troy Aikman at ESPN. Joe, Joe is leaving uh, Fox Sports. Uh, and I tell you, it, it you know, Scarlett, I don't know why Joe Buck catches flack from the fans because I think Joe Buck is one of the best sportscasters out there. But for some reason, the people want to troll this guy, and I don't get it. I feel like early on they definitely did, but that started to die down. I mean, maybe it was a... I mean, when did he really get started? 90s, early 2000s? Around there, wasn't it? So maybe yeah, well, maybe back in the day, it was something like, oh, well, you know, it's because of who his father is. Of course, he was going to get all these opportunities, but he's really coming to his own. He's a darn good broadcaster. Um, you know, when you hear his voice, you know it's a big game. Yeah. And he's a great baseball announcer. He grew up in St. Louis. His dad was the voice of the Cardinals. And and he followed in his dad's footsteps. I think he's a very talented guy. And this this move kind of surprised me because you know, he has the best of his uh, both uh, favorites, football and baseball, with Fox. And now he comes over to ESPN. And I, I guess he wants to be a little bit more creative. He wants to be in the production side a little bit. He wants to work with ESPN Plus and doing some documentaries. Uh, so uh, he'll call Monday Night Football and he'll bring Troy Aikman with him. And uh, He's you know, building it's been his a long brand. He's building yeah. his brand. Hmm. Yeah, and it begs the question here that we should really examine: Do do fans tune into a game because of the broadcasters? Oh, I think the old Monday Night Football games you did when you yeah. had Howard Cosell, Frank Gifford, mm. and Dandy Don Meredith in the booth. I couldn't wait to hear what 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 was going to happen because you had Giff. And I'll never forget that game where you had the Giants and the Cowboys playing. And Cosell says something like, your two teams are not showing the, they're both just holding back and this is going blah, blah, blah. Your respective teams are doing this. And then Frank Gifford said, at least we had respective teams. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and Tandy Johnson says, here, here. And you heard dead silence. It was the talk of the town. That next day, we were all talking about that game, man. It, it was so. Yeah, I I do believe you you get you get the right people in that booth, and yeah, you. I mean, that was Fox's bet when they first got the NFL broadcasting rights, right? I mean, they basically brought over all these people from CBS um, and made it part of their brand in right. order to be a legitimate NFL mm-hmm. broadcaster. They had to have the talent to go with it. Do people Absolutely. care about it now these days? I mean, I feel like with all the different platforms that everyone can watch games on, um, you can see it on Amazon, you can see it on uh, YouTube TV, although I, don't, I haven't. Uh, you can see it on one of the networks. Maybe people don't care as much. I mean, this generation of viewers might not be as tied to the broadcaster as as previous generations. Well, when Fox acquired the the rights from CBS, they brought immediately brought over John Madden and Pat Summerall, mm-hmm. uh, as you said, to give them legitimacy. Uh, and, 
you know, Monday Night Football has struggled for a long time. They've had lousy games on there. The scheduling hasn't helped them. They've gone in and out of, I, I can't tell you how many broadcasters they've had. Uh, Joe Passatore, they last year, uh, Steve Levy. Before that, they had Sean McDonough. And you can go on and on and on. Now they have some consistency, two rock-solid uh, icons in the broadcasting industry. And is that enough to make people hang around on Monday night after they've watched football all day san- Sunday, all Sunday night, and now we're going to have hang around till 1130 or midnight on Monday night? Will Joe Buck and uh, Troy Aikman be enough? ESPN is betting enough because they're giving Aikman nearly $100 million over five years, and they're giving Joe Buck uh, f- about $75 million over five years. So this is you know, ESPN's laid a lot of people off, but they really are banking on this ESPN Plus subscription fees mm-hmm. to buoy them financially and obviously offset some of their costs. And they're rolling the dice with these two guys right here that we're going to be back to the time when people are tuning in because of the broadcasters. And, of course, let's not forget that uh, ESPN head chief uh, Jimmy Patero also added uh, the Manning brothers, right, for mm-hmm. um, yep. alternate Monday Night Football broadcasts as well. So they are building up their talent uh, to take on... On, uh, to, to really put their mark on Monday Night Football. This next story is sad. Uh, I'll just and football overall, sorry. Back. Yeah, No, no. I, I would just say this one is, is sad. I mean, this, this one, Naomi Osaka, uh, she was brought to tears by a heckler at Indian Wells. Uh, somebody shouted uh, out of the crowd, you know, Naomi, you suck. And uh, and then you know then for some reason it it got in her head as she put it I don't know why uh, and then she lost to uh, Veronica Cutter uh, Metova of Russia and uh, she was in tears and Osaka uh, who is a former number one whose ranking now has dropped to seventy eighth uh, this has happened and I I feel bad for her because. Uh, this she's gone through a number of issues when she talked about mental health, mm-hmm. and this is not going to help. She ended up dropping out of the French and Wimbledon Opens um, and then saying that she would take an indefinite break uh, because of the concerns over her mental health. And, of course, it's been a very emotional time for her because she's been talking about social justice and police reform as well. So she's made her way back onto the court and... It's it's a shame that this happened. I mean, this this goes against good sportsmanship in every way. It does. I mean, and, you know, I'm a father of three girls, and obviously it, hit, it hits home that someone's picking on my little girl and my daughter. Um, it's just, you know, tennis is such an intimate setting. You know, if it happened at a at a soccer match or a basketball, hockey arena, football arena, the, she never would have heard the comment. But during tennis and golf, everything is so quiet, yeah. and you hear it, and it just yeah. resonates. And I, I, I can almost imagine what's going through her mind. Any other time, five years ago, three years ago, I wouldn't have heard this thing. But this, the timing, this is just the perfect storm right here. Uh, and I feel really bad for her. And I'd like to find that clown that, uh, that yelled. And There's an unidentified woman, for yeah, what it's it worth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't get it. And- I had read that tennis players are they're, they're, they're the most unhappy out of all the professional athletes. There's something about the sport that wears them down. Well, I think in in is one of the few sports, and only other sports I can think of right off the top of my head, and include uh, golf, where it's just you and the course, or in this case, you and the you game. and the game. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know, football, baseball, basketball, 
hockey. It's all a team effort. You uh, go down together or you go up together. Exactly. But you're just out there. And and it, but this, see, this isn't the first time there has been some controversy at Indian Wells. Mm-hmm. The uh, Serena sisters, uh, they refused to play for uh, a decade there because they were going through some issues at Indian Wells. Uh, you know, it's just I'm not sure. You know, if it's the place or or what's going on there. Well, that, that was that happened when uh, Serena was playing, and Venus and her dad went to take their seat, and people were booing them. And the only interpretation you can have is that it was racist. And they were so outraged, they didn't play, as Michael just said, uh, it was almost 14 or 15 years before they came back and they played. Um, This this is just a shame. I I feel so bad for it. I don't know what the answer is for Naomi. I mean, uh, I give her credit for coming back and playing. um, But, you know, I think pretty soon she's going to come to a crossroads here. Is she going to be able to play? If she's going to play, she's got to be able to handle this. And if she can't, she may have to think about maybe ending her career, sadly. Or she's she can go another round and say, you know what, I can play, but I don't want to deal with this, so I'm not going to play at these tournaments where these things happen. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to pull out and make my statement that way. Well, hope, hoping that, Naomi, you, you work through this. You're a great talent. We want to see you play. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Podcast. I'm Michael Barr, along with Scarlett Fu and Mike Lynch. Catch us here each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, exploring the world of money and sports. Catch me on Twitter at Big Bar Sports. I'm on Twitter at Scarlett Fu. And I'm Mike Lynch on Twitter at LynchyWCVB. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio around the world. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.